George Kilpatrick, inspiration for the nation, celebrating people we feel good about. George, by George, the Georges has got this thing on lockdown. George Lynch, I see him as a motivational speaker, real estate baron. <laughs> At least that's what I'm, I'm, I'm speaking into your future. But he's oh, a brother who's been out here really doing his thing, speaking to the young people, really encouraging the youth. And uh, George, so let's talk about the first time we met. Or yes, let's get first into it. Early times we met. So yes, yeah. in your, how did that go for you? What, what was, so you came to me, you said, yo, I'm ready to, to, you know, you should have me on, I'm ready. And then what happened after that? Um, like any young person with ambition, uh, you, you sometimes think you're ready when you aren't. And, uh, or not that you aren't ready, but there's some things you still need to experience yeah. or that was supposed to happen. And uh, my thinking was a little bit ahead of like some of my experiences. Uh, and uh, it took some time, but, um, you know, was able to accomplish more. I think there was some stuff, more stuff I needed to accomplish. Uh, and now here we are, you know? Yeah, you know, and this is what I say to a lot of people. They, or they ask me, they say, I want to get on the show. And th this is not necessarily you, but, and I say, okay, so what do you want to talk about? Like, what, mm -hmm. what is it that you want to bring to the show? What is it that the right. audience will benefit from your being on the show? And I think that that's a question that I think anybody who's got something to say is really, really about. But you've been really out here speaking to young people um, all over this community. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your background growing up. So my background growing up, man, I grew up uh, in the South Bronx. Uh, uh, interesting enough, like it was parts of my, parts of my life where uh, myself and my mom were homeless. And then, you know, I moved to the Caribbean for a bit, lived there for two years. I was able to get my roots. Uh, traveled a lot um, as a kid, you know, bouncing around from like different, living different places, would spend time with like my grandma uh, for a bit. Uh, school was pretty interesting. Um, I was just telling someone the other day, I was that kid who went to summer school every summer in order to go to the next grade. Uh, mm. Literally, I was held back twice in school. Uh, most of my time was spent playing basketball. I was able to build a lot of friendships and relationships and, and acquire some really cool experiences through uh, sports and then just being around in my neighborhood. You know, I was a kid who was outside a lot. I was able to get a lot of street smarts. Uh, and then ultimately I was able to, you know, transition, you know, go through life as, as, a, as a young adult and I'm a teenager and uh, going on to college. And that's when my life just changed like fully. Um, I continued playing basketball and then, uh, you know, college just took me to a whole nother level in different experiences. You said that you uh, you got held back twice. How did you not let that beat you? Uh, it's funny because um, even in my adult life, I think you know, like they say, ignorance is bliss. I I didn't really care. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. It didn't matter to me. I just was like, just, I, I, I was. It was normal. It was like, okay, I know, like. July 4th, I was laughing with a friend about it the other day. It's like July 4th, after July 4th, I knew I was going to summer school. Um, I remember it was, I think the last time it was seventh grade because I was held back in the third grade. And as we know, uh, third grade is very important. I can almost predict like what the future is going to look like for you. Uh, mm -hmm. But I was able to change that. Uh, and in seventh grade, I remember getting held back and all my friends going on to eight. And I remember the first day of school, I was like, oh, I was in my like the seventh grade class still, and they all were in eighth grade. 
And I'm like, nah, nah, I talked to the principal, like, I'm gonna be in y'all class like next week. <laughs> um, and that was a little embarrassing, but I was always just a person who was pretty confident. And I just, you know, just rode. I just, you know, I was comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and, and it actually that worked in my favor, I think. Uh, but by this time now, you're two years older than all of the kids in the grade with you. Right, How right. How did that work for you or not work for you? So it, it worked for me tremendously. Um, and it's two friends that I, uh, who are obviously younger than me, and they came from like really, really well put together families. They cared about school. Uh, and I can say their name. I want to shout them out. It's, his, it's Forrest. His name is Forrest and my homeboy, Eric. Uh, I, hung, I would hang out with them and they helped me like do better in school. Just being around them, like we would hang out uh, during lunch and like do work on school projects and do homework. Uh, we would like take tests, like they would like help me study. Uh, and these are two kids older, younger than me. Uh, but we would just, you know, connect, hang out with each other. And by being around them, like they didn't even know the influence they had on me and helping me uh, do better in school. And, and I just, you know, as I got older, I noticed like, you just have to apply yourself. You know, I grew up saying, oh, I'm a bad test taker, or I don't like school. But once you applied yourself and then being a person who played sports, uh, I knew that I wanted to like try to go to the best school possible. So I had to like get the best grades. Uh, so that made me uh, as an athlete aspire to like do well in school so I could go to try to go to the best school possible. One thing though, something had to switch in your mind because mm -hmm. someone who gets held back twice would think that they're not taking school or the academics seriously, right? And so when did the light turn on for you and then you really started to dive in and say, okay, wait, this, I am somebody that I, I've been an imposter of myself. Right. Um, to be candid with you, it, it actually didn't happen until probably like college. But, but again, you have to be someone who thinks that they can get to college and do right. well in college, right? So it was more sports. If, if right. I didn't play basketball, George, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. Okay. Um, it was school. It was basketball and the understanding that at the time, uh, ironically, the school is now closed. But being a young basketball player in New York City, uh, you want to go to a, a Catholic high school because that's where you get exposure and stuff. Uh, and that matters in middle school. You want to do as good as possible to be able to uh, get into a, a Catholic school. And I had aspirations of trying to go to Rice. I wanted to go to Rice High School or uh, the other one was Scanlon uh, High School and mm -hmm. Mount St. Michael. And those are schools that I aspire to go to. I used to live right down the street from my, Mount St. Michael, but go ahead. <laughs> really, I ended up going to Avanda, which was a couple of train stops away from Mount St. Right. Michael. Right. And one of my best friends actually graduated from there, holds a sc scoring record there as well. My sister graduated from Evanda, so there you go. Wow, look at that. Look about full circle and the synergy. But uh, yes, so to, to answer your question, it was basketball and having that aspiration of saying, you know, you have to, be able to do well on the court and off the court in order to go to a good school. So that made me really just buckle down, not be worried about like my age or anything like that and just figure out, okay, how do I have the best grades possible to be eligible to get accepted into a Catholic school? So that was kind of that like aha moment as, as, a, as a, a young kid. And, and you've chosen Syracuse as your home. And yeah. 
how did you come to choose Syracuse? <laughs> it's funny, man. Um, I didn't choose. I didn't choose Syracuse. Char- Syracuse chose, chose me. Okay. Uh, it's a funny story. I, I was playing uh, sports in college. I played basketball and soccer, and I befriended a bunch of uh, individuals who all were Euro American on a soccer team, and we end up going and I would hang out with them on their postseason. Mm-hmm. So I ended up trying out for the soccer team. Like I went to some of their postseason try uh, workouts. And being from the Caribbean, like soccer was like one of the first things I did before I even played basketball. Right. Long story short, fast forward, my friend's like, yo, you're pretty good. Like you should come try out for the team. So I try out for the team, uh, end up just hanging around a bunch of soccer players. I dated a young lady who uh, was a soccer player as well. And we dated all through college and she lives about say two, about an hour away from here in like Martville. And I stayed and uh, her and I ended up moving into the city together. And uh, we unfortunately broke up, but uh, I stayed and I wanted to go home and I have to shout out one of my mentors. His name is Russell uh, Robinson. I remember being a little homesick and I was like, yo coach, I don't like it. I want to leave. And I won't say, I won't be as candid as he said it, but he said, uh, George, I love you to death, but if you come back to New York, I'm not effing with you no more. Okay. And I didn't understand what he was saying. You know, growing up with a single mom, he was like the closest to like a father figure to me. Uh, He watched me go off to college and I just listened to him and I stayed here and and here we are today. So a lot of it, I have to give him the credit for seeing something I didn't see and then give myself the credit for listening to him and, and, and sticking it through. Talking to George Lynch, motivational speaker, real estate broker. So George, you speak to a lot of young people. And when you see the George Lynch prototype, when you see the kid that was just like you, what are you saying to that kid? I'm telling them basically, uh, as long as you believe in yourself, uh, you can accomplish anything you want. You know, where you come from, how you start, doesn't dictate the rest of your life. You know, and and you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great at anything. Mm-hmm. And there are many individuals who have that comeback, comeback kid story, or just understanding like society doesn't dictate anything about your life except what you want it to be. You know, mm-hmm. you have full control. And when you figure out what is it you want to accomplish and you put your head down and, and willing to do the work, anything, anything is possible. You know, and I use myself in, as an example of that. How how have you navigated, you know, your 30s, 31? You're in your early 30s? Yeah, 31. Yeah. And, and so how have you navigated the challenges that you've had? And how do you um, let people know that they too can overcome those challenges? You mentioned being homeless. You mentioned being um, that you've had other experiences mm-hmm. that may be relatable. How do you... How do you translate that? Just just explain to them, you know, I, I tell them, yo, I was you. Like, I just spoke to a group of young people earlier today when you called me. Um, and, and the thing I remind them, it's like, whatever you want, you can accomplish. And, and those challenges only make you uh, stronger. I call it adversity because mm-hmm. it's adversity to you. It makes you more versatile. So my experiences of, uh, having those shortcomings or challenges of or systematic challenges and systematic barriers uh, or being held back, I, I think it worked in my favor because when I went to high school and college, 
I was a little bit more, more mature than the average kid. So I knew the importance of why I needed to do well in school, or why I needed to take college serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to college, uh, I lived off my refund check. You know, I, I paid my rent and lived off my refund check. I didn't have anyone sending me a bunch of money, uh, you know, when I was in school. So just being a young adult and seeing my mom, I give a lot of credit to my mom. She taught me things that as a kid, I didn't use right away, but as I became an adult, I saw how she navigated and made nothing out of something, uh, make something out of nothing, excuse me. Uh, and I had to do the same thing. You know, I felt like if she could do it and she instilled me, instilled the things uh, I needed uh, to succeed. And I just, you know, stuck stuck true to my, to my roots and, and was able to just stay open. That's the biggest thing is staying open and, and being humble, being humble. Uh, and here we are today. We are, I know you just mentioned your mom. I know uh, certainly ha- losing your mom, we can relate to that. Uh, we both lost, I've lost my mom, you lost your mom. Uh, and I know the impact that that's had on you. How have you taken that and, and, and use that to fuel your, your goals and desires? You know, it, I say it every day when people see me and they say, how you doing? I say, I'm blessed. I can't complain. And I woke up this morning, so I'm good. And, and, and uh, I'll be a little, you know, personal, you know, my mom passed away and in her sleep, uh, so I think about that and it reminds me of like, you can go to sleep and not wake up. So I understand that when I wake up and I open my eyes, I have an opportunity that someone else doesn't have. They went to sleep with dreams, aspirations, goals, plans that can't happen. And I'm saying, hey, I have this opportunity. Uh, so I have to take advantage of it. Every day I wake up is another day that I got to make something happen. And so what are, what's your message to young people in a community that we're seeing, you know, a lot of, of uh, there's a portion of our community that's impacted heavily around youth violence and things of that nature. You've seen it. You you you're out here. Um, mm-hmm. What what do you what's your take on what's happening? So so my take is uh, I think you know uh, especially being what we call an implant, uh, Syracuse is a place where it's super rich with history. Uh, I think there's a lot of great. I'm not even think, I know there's a lot of great things that's come out of this place. And my message is no longer uh, looking at too much of the negative. It's there, but it's like dealing with kids. I was just teaching and uh, working at a camp the other day. And you get kids, so, and I've taught in the past, you get kids who uh, they become conditioned to understand like if they act out, they're going to get attention, mm-hmm. right? So I feel we need, we we want to give more uh, light to the positive things that are happening. There are great things happening here that we're not shedding light on. And I feel like to, 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 to address some of the negative is to show more positive, uh, which will show more kids like, oh, I could do that, or I could be that, or you could do this, or you could do that, and shift that negative. We give If we keep giving the attention to the negative, we're just going to breathe more negative. Mm. So my message is to... Uh, speak more, more, more high of Syracuse, uh, not being from here. Uh, I was able to say, I find it funny, um, not being from here. And when I first arrived, I would go to different events and meetings and things of that nature. And I would see some of the same people, you know, it was a small pocket of people who were from here. And then overall, a lot of the people that were moving and shaking and doing stuff weren't from here. And, and part of that is, you know, locals, they have this somewhat of a, I would call it scarcity mindset. So the goal is to shift that to a more mindset of abundance and showing them more positives so they can like where they're from, 
You know what I mean? Because why why am I able to come here and succeed uh, with with limited network at first? If you're from here, you have you know, all the resources and 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 support around you. You know, so it's just changing that perspective. As they say, if you change the way you look at something, what you're looking at would change. Mm-hmm. So that's my message to them. I got my phone. Shine a light on them. Hey, <laughs> give them room. Hey, work. okay. Hey, you know it's funny though. So it's funny you did that because the homie, uh, the dude who sings that song, his name is Will Trax, and he's from Soundview, where I grew up. Really, really. Give him room, let him work. Uh, yes. I, so, what are the key messages? What do you want to say to young people today? You, I know you talked about keep your goals set. Let's mm-hmm. shine some light on some positivity that may be unnoticed in this community, uh, and give some folk to reawaken what's mm-hmm. right in front of us. Let's do that. So the biggest one is like, you know, we 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 come from a, a strong, uh, very uh, res- resilient people. And, and we forget that, you know, we forget what our ancestors had to do for us to get here. I'm from the Caribbean, as I just said, you know, I have family part of the Caribbean. Give me an island. Uh, my, my family's from Antigua and Barbuda. OK. And. They did so much with so little. And now we have all this advanced technology. Uh, we have the internet. We have you know all this stuff at our fingertips, and it's like we don't. We're so hung up on like what we don't have instead of looking at what we do have. You know, I'm 31, and I've met. I started selling real estate and public speaking at 24. Uh, I have a, a message in my phone. I literally text myself in 2016 saying what I was before I even did it, and I'm currently doing it. So it's the so power. Give me an example. What did the mess, what did the text say? What did you text yourself? Uh, I got it right here, man. Hold on. Yeah. George Lynch joining us, young man, trying to make a difference in the Syracuse community. Motivation. So I'm not trying, I'm doing it. I'm not oh, trying. Me. All right. Well, all right. All right. So all right. you ready? I can't yeah. make this up. This is 2016. What's the day? It's July. July 2016. Okay. Oh, here it is. Okay, I can't. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know if I can see it or not. But you see? I, I see words, but you know. But yeah. So this is July 8th, 2016, at 2:14 p.m. And I can screenshot this to send this to you. But uh, yeah, it says uh, George has a George Lynch has a passion for helping others and understanding that you have as much passion in your life. He understands you can push through everything, every no you get in life and turn it into a lesson into a yes. At the age of 24, George is an aspiring speaker and currently a mentor focused on young people, young adults from high school, college, sports, as well as in life and business. He's made his life decision to step away from playing the game he loved to make a difference in the world with his understanding where obstacles when identified as simple as tools, allowing you to, and solutions to any problems that you want over that you uh, encounter. Okay, so tell me about what that was, and what you were affirming or actualizing. It was my gift, and it it, it was something that it, it was, uh, as I say, ideas and thoughts become things, and I thought about it, I envisioned it, I see myself doing it. I put it on paper and I put action behind it. And then here we are today, you know, and, and that's how, it's as simple as it is. I, I was telling some young people earlier, 
you're six inches away from success. And, and when I say that, if you take this ear to this ear, it's about six inches, no right. matter how big, how big or small your head is. Um, mm -hmm. It's six inches. And what I mean by that is your mindset. Because success is more mental than physical. If you change your mindset and your mindset changes and you have that aha moment and you figure out the why and you see some a larger vision for yourself, anything you want to accomplish it, it, it can be done. It's just about the mindset and then the experiences, uh, what you what you're around. What you know, I I, I was an avid reader, and, and that's something that changed my life. Uh, I read a couple books. The first books, two books that changed my life was uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and then Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. And then I always got to give a shout out to uh, Pablo Coelho, um, The Alchemist. The Alchemist. Those are three books that really made me who I am today. You know, and then the, the good book, the good word, the good word. So, so George, uh, you talked about you're six inches away from success, and you uh, you've manifested by actu actualizing and putting action steps. I want to talk about that the action steps piece because mm -hmm. it's one thing to believe something, mm -hmm. and then there's another thing to actually put those steps into action. So, right. on your journey, obviously you stumbled and you fell and you picked yourself up, and I think people don't get that. Uh, so, so talk about how you failed to get here. How I failed, man. I, uh, there's been a lot of lonely nights. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, hungry nights. Uh, there's been a lot of nights where, or times where it's like, you don't know what's going to happen, but I never doubted myself. Uh, but the biggest thing that I was able to do was to fail forward and to have patience okay that that's that's the key uh i like to say you know being a millennial we want to just throw stuff in the microwave uh -huh. I say, throw it on the stove man it's healthier uh you can control the heat you put something in the microwave you you burn you can't control it if it get burnt you put it on the stove you can control that temperature and it's the same with being patient you can control how fast you go and, and you can understand that like it's going to take time. And a mentor used to say, uh, I used to kind of want to have to have things happen fast, kind of like how I wanted to get on the show. And he said, George, you know, slow down because you're one class, your lessons and your blessings. And I was able to ad adhere to that and uh, just be patient. And that's what's the biggest thing that's helped me to succeed. Uh, I, I think of someone like Jay-Z. He, he's never uh, uh, one of his good friends, Emory Jones, was just saying in an interview the other day, the biggest thing he learned from Jay-Z was as he transitioned from a rapper to a businessman was he ran his own race and he didn't let nobody speed up his process. Mm. And the same for me. Uh, when I started in real estate, it took me, uh, candidly, it took me three years before I got any real business in real estate. The average person gives up after three years. When I went through the class, I knew that I wasn't going to give up and I was going to stick it through. And if I told you the numbers I'm, and, and, and the things I'm working on now, you probably wouldn't even believe me. But uh, the key to an ultimately answer your question is just patience, man. Patience and 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 not and understanding like nothing happens overnight. Nothing worth happen. Nothing worth having comes fast. I wanted you to tell that story because we're looking at the end result, but right. sometimes what people need to understand is there is a process, and so. You know, every day wasn't a great day. No. Even though you, even though you believed it, it mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it wasn't necessarily a great day. 
And so you had to wake up the next day and continue that grind and deal with the hunger, deal with the disappointment and still stay with it. Three years and, and you now being in a place where you see you have uh, the success you've been craving, that's a lot, right? And so what are the things you have to do in the meantime to keep your dream alive? Don't compare, your, to, don't compare yourself to anyone. Uh, something I, li I like to talk about is imposter syndrome. Uh, and and sometimes we, we, we see others and uh, we have like social media, so we compare ourselves to other people and it's like, we don't know what they did to get there. Uh, even with like, you think of celebrities uh, or just any 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 well-known well figure and we have like the social media influencers, they don't see the, the studying or they don't see the sacrifices that are, that are needed to get there. They just see the end result. I've been able to go through this process of uh, whether it's real estate, public speaking. And I said, when I first started speaking, I was 24. And I remember some, one time someone said to me, Oh, how are you going to be a motivational speaker? You're only 20 something. What do you know? I said, I have life experiences. I have learned experiences that you can't take away. Uh, and, and also just a message, you know, and ultimately it's just understanding like nothing worth having come easy, man. You know, mm. honestly, that's the key. And just not comparing yourself to anyone and just running your own race. You know, I like to say success is uh, idiosyncratic. It's unique to <laughs> you. It's unique to you. And I've always kept my head down. I've always been supportive of others. Uh, I don't mind being the guy in the back. If I'm the guy in the front, I'm cool with that. I, I'll cheer my friend on, like I'll cheer myself on. And uh, I've always, I've always made blessed, man. Honestly, just, just being humble and running my own race. Yeah, you know, uh, I love this notion of knowing who you are and cheering other people on, running your own race, and all of that. And I think that. Uh, I think that's when I think you've also matured too. watching you do your thing, you know, like you're just doing it, you know, you're just out here speaking and you're getting the experience. And um, I'm sure you're honing your message. Uh, at the end of the day, when you think about where you've come and what you're doing, mm -hmm. what should people know about you? That, that's a great question. I think what they should know is, um, there's a whole lot behind what you see today, uh, especially because a lot of people did see me grow up. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had people actually, I remember I was in the newspaper, uh, Syracuse.com did an article on me and I was around a group of people and the individual, it was funny too, when I did the interview and I knew it was coming out, I was like, there's some people who don't know me prior to knowing me now. Uh, so when I shared some stuff, they were like, is that true? You know, and stuff like that. And then it was some skepticism. Uh, and I remember an individual asked me, and this person that looked just like me, he, he literally, he asked me like, oh, what type of homeless were you? You know? Yeah, literally. This, this gentleman asked me that. And it was funny because I laughed and I said, man, I knew people were going to ask something like that. And mm -hmm. I explained to him, you know, uh, going to the, the EAU over there on uh, Grand Concourse, not too far from Hostos. I would leave school, chill. Hostos Community College, go. Correct. I would, uh, the EAU is where you would go. It's like a main hub where you would go, like spend time and then be, try to get placed somewhere for that night. And you go back there and you do it all over again. Mm -hmm. So I would leave the homeless shelter, to go to school or uh, leave school, go to my grandma's house for a couple hours. And then you have to check in to this place by like five, six o'clock and mm -hmm. sit there with a whole bunch of people, 
bags, kids crying, a whole it's not, it was crazy. But um those experiences, but ultimately, uh what what I want them to to take away and know about me is uh I'm no different than them. You know, I I had the same challenges, some worse, maybe not as worse, but I'm a person who uh just wants to succeed in life. And I think ultimately I just want people to know I'm a flawed human being figuring this thing out. And I think we all are. We're all flawed and we're trying to flawed and we're trying to figure this thing out as we go. If you're writing George seven years from now, what does it say? Keep going and, and don't stop. And as I said, you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. That's my message, you know, because, you know, we sometimes create these barriers for ourselves of like, oh, I need to like have this before I do that. Or I need to do do this before I do that. Or this person needs to know me first. And it's like, just get started, man. And, and you'll figure it out as you go. And there's so many lessons that you learn along the way that prepare you for even a moment like this. I thought I was ready almost seven years ago, you know, uh, almost eight years ago. And uh, here we are today. And there's so much that led up to this that makes this moment so much more uh, impactful. Yeah, and, and I know that uh, you're, you're gonna continue to, to, to have an impact and, and make a difference uh, in the community. And what's your hope for other young men your age, some of whom have not found their way, who see themselves caught up in the incarceral system uh -huh. um, and believe, uh, but have, but, but because, it didn't just quite work out for them. So I, I would say, um, you know, everyone has their own journey, but it's better late than never. Gotcha. But never late is better. Uh, and then when we talk about young men who may or may not be in some type of judicial system or issue, I tell them, you know, it's cheaper for you to go to college than for you to be in jail. You know? And then ultimately to use your mind as your weapon instead of a gun. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the most dangerous thing to a your American person is a smart black man. That's your biggest weapon is your mind. Mm -hmm. uh, and they can't stop that weapon. They can't do anything to that weapon. Right. So I would say weaponize your mind and, and use it for positive. And uh, lastly, understand when you shoot someone or you hurt someone, uh, and I grew up around this, so, uh, I know that there's a, a point in, in life where, and I had experiences that I won't speak on, but there's a point in life, unfortunately, where you don't value life yet. Because I've had situations as a kid growing up where now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, I could have died that day. Mm -hmm. Or like I have friends who, who, who've passed away and, and who grew up and, and, and didn't get over 20. So what aren't you speaking on? You don't have to ask. Uh, just, you know, uh, neighborhood stuff. If you wasn't there, if you wasn't, you wasn't there, you wasn't there. I can't, I can't speak on it. You know what I mean? But um, just, just, just things that you do as, as a, as a young kid in any inner city uh, or you see that, you know. Um, do you regret, you have regrets about those things? I don't regret it because it was a part of my life. I think life was already destined and it was planned out. Uh, if I would have made different decisions, I may regret but I made the right decisions. You know, I, I always knew to, to, to uh, not let my environment dictate too much of who I was. Do you, you know? think, are, are you able to be authentically yourself? I was talking with some folk today and 
one of the things that, uh, especially for young black men, is this idea that, you know, you know, we hear this thing about black boy joy, but mm-hmm. that I have to mask that to navigate these streets. Is, do, you, do you relate to that? And how do you relate to that? I don't think so because I have friends who who know me now and they love to see who I am now. They mm-hmm. they they'll text me and be like, "Yo, bro, I'm so proud but, of you." But back in the day, I'm talking about relating to what young people are experiencing now, where mm-hmm. they cannot be authentic or feel that they can't be authentic. What is what what is it that we can do as community to help young men feel they can be authentically themselves in every space that they go in? To embrace, them, to, to embrace them and meet them where they are uh, and understand like our culture is the number one culture that is, uh, I would say, exploited or tapped into outside of everywhere. And it's funny because, you know, you get spaces where they want to look, act, talk and dress like us, but they would never want to be us. Mm-hmm. So I always say, embrace that like I was I've spoke to kids uh who who are new Americans and I watched them kind of here in Syracuse they start to like adapt the western like behaviors and stuff and I'm like for survival right yeah it's form of survival but it's like believe it or not you have some things about you that like a western kid may not have and, and you should never diminish that in your culture and who you are to fit in uh because you're special you know, you have something that not many people have, like you have a place to call home, you know, outside of America, uh, you know, multiple languages, you, you, you know, you, you eat different food, uh, you know, and don't dim that light, you know, you have a rich history that's deep. Uh, so, and I understand, I'm, I'm aware enough that, you know, uh, and some people may, may take this the wrong way, but we're the original people, it started to end with us. So, uh, I would never diminish. Is, is somebody debating that? There's no debate. That's not a debatable point. Well, uh, not for me, but there are some who may try to debate it. Not on this show. Right. I can stand on that. You yeah. know, it starts with us. Uh, and I would never diminish all of what my ancestors and, and, and the people before me have put in for me to be here. So I, I would never diminish that. And I don't think any young person uh, of any ethnic background should ever diminish that because America stands on. On, on the diversity of, of different ethnicities being here. Last to do action step for our listeners, whether they be whether they be mature and seasoned mm-hmm. or they just coming up into the game. Because you said it's never too late. What did you say? It's better late than never. Better late than never. But what? Better late than never, but never late is better. That never late is better. All right. So what's the take with to do action step for the so the first action step, I would say um, acquire knowledge of yourself. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Uh, becoming more self-aware, uh, understanding your history, uh, and then informing yourself on, on various things, becoming diverse in, in things you expose yourself to, whether it's language, literature, uh, music. And then after that, just figuring out your why and then sticking to it. But the knowledge of self is key. Understanding who you are is going to help you understand everything else around you. You know, it's like it's like I say, if I uh close your if I close made you close your eye and I made you open your eye and say, hey, I need you to get seven blocks away. In order for you to understand where you're going, you need to figure out where you are first. So 
the knowledge itself is key, uh, especially for, for, for people that look like me. It's like, when you understand where you come from, then you can know where you're going. And in that journey, uh, write down your uh, successes and accomplishments. And it could be something big or small. Like I just had some young people do it today. Write down like the things that you've accomplished because then you get to see yourself on paper and you get to see your work. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, it could be, you know, I, I made my bed today or like I accomplished graduating or what, whatever it is, any, whatever it is, as you grow, those things will grow. But it's just seeing who you are on paper and understanding and knowing your worth. And then lastly, uh, an action item is to just get started. Literally, and anything you want to do, you have to just start. You start because you have to start somewhere. Just get started and you'll learn everything as you go. George Lynch, motivational speaker, George, and real estate broker. George, how do people get a hold of you, bro? Uh, you, you can find me on social media. Uh, my handles are uh, George J. Lynch. If you Google that, uh, I had to strategically, I was taught, you know, a lot of mentorship. That's the other thing. Pardon me. Uh, mentorship is key. Uh, a good friend of mine, he laughs at me every time I says it. I say it, but I always say going there can't tell been there how to get there. Come on. So the mentorship is very important. And the mentor doesn't have to be physical. Uh, it can be just reading a book. I was telling some young people this earlier. Uh, if there's somebody you want to meet that you don't have access to or someone who's passed away, if you read literature and read a book that they've written, you've met them. It sounds a little like quirky, but a person's thoughts is in that book. When I meet you and talk to you, I'm reading, I'm getting your thoughts. So I may not be able to physically meet you, but if I can read literature that you've written, it's like I met you. If I want to go to another country before I get on the plane, I have to think about it. And then I have to like figure out how I'm going to get there. So, so you were going to tell the story that your mentor said, George J. Lynch, what about that? Yeah. So um, I learned to market myself, market myself and use my name as a brand. Uh, so I have, I have all my platforms, George J. Lynch. Uh, if you Google that, uh, you can find me. Uh, in regards to real estate, I'm doing some great work in real estate. And I feel like being, especially here in Syracuse, you know, we have these billion dollar companies coming here. And I almost equivalent Syracuse to like, what is it? Uh, 1984, if I'm not mistaken, the gold rush in California. We have a, I say a real estate and uh, not 1984, you mean 18. Yeah, 18, 18, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm speaking fast, pardon me, pardon me. Right. Um, mixing up the numbers, yeah, but yeah. the gold rush, yeah. anyone can look up the gold rush. 49ers. Like, we're almost in that, we're in that space when you think about the, the value of property here and uh, the technology that's coming here. You know, the initiative for this place to be a smart city. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, so I would just say, so I misspoke, I mean 18. Uh, and talking about the gold rush, that's happening here. You know, I feel like we have a technology and uh, I would say real estate gold rush here in Syracuse. And I want more people to tap into that. You know, I, I meet a lot of people where they say, man, I don't know if I want to buy a house. You know, the interest rates are crazy. And I'm like, man, the equity that you can acquire uh, would trump that, that, uh, that interest rate. Sounds good. All right, listen. We're talking with George J. Lynch. Check him out on social media because if you don't put the J in there, you'll get somebody else. Right, if you'll get the, like uh, the the rock, the rock guy. The, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that don't look like him. Right, George. Many blessings to you. We affirm, we bless you, and we appreciate you for what you're doing and that you that you you ready. Thank that you, man. I'm here for it. Uh, I understand that like it's bigger than me. 
And I just want to, you know, as I told some young people earlier, the best thing you can do is leave the world a little better than how you met it. It could be big or small. And that's my goal is to just uh, leave a mark here and uh, hopefully be able to be talked about when I'm transitioned on to the next life. By George. That's a great name, by the way. It is, man. <laughs> how, how did you manage that name growing up? I know for me it was a little tough. Georgie Porgy, George, Curious George, you know, the whole thing. Um, but uh, my kids got the same name, and I feel like it's a name that's going to be around for a minute. Right, you right. You know, I, I've, I, I was talking to you about it earlier. I remember being in uh, middle school, and a teacher said to me, as guided, excuse me, guidance counselor, She's like, you know, George, you have a really nice name uh, on paper. You'll never know who you are until, like, I meet you. You know, my name being George Lynch, ironically Lynch. George Kilpatrick, uh, who, they, who they expect us. <laughs> right, right, right. And then being a kid in the South Bronx, uh, you get around friends and you tell people your name. They're like, oh, no, what's, no, you're lying. I'm like, no, that's my name. Like, they, they never would believe me. Yeah. And so if you ever have kids, you would probably continue that legacy. A thousand percent. You know, I just met a, a gentleman the other day and I told him my name. He said, that name sound important, man. You sound like a celebrity. And I was like, thank you. Uh, so, yes, I would 100 percent name uh, the young George George. There you go. There you go. All right. George J. Lynch. Check him out. Social media. Thank you for being an inspiration for the nation. Thank you for having me, George. And uh, keep hope alive, man. Inspiration for the nation.